What is up everybody? Welcome back to the In Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to give you everything you need to take control of your health and fitness and live a long, healthy and happy life. Does lifting weights bulk you up? Mm, that depends, right? Right. On many things. <laughs> so selfishly, I want to do this topic because it just always, I guess when you're in it, you don't realise that these people, certain people have these thoughts or are scared of lifting weights because it's going to bulk them up because we know that it doesn't, mm. but you sort of forget that other people don't know. And again, as always with social, social media and all those other platforms, you sort of get the idea of if you, if you lift weights, you'll bulk up. So I want to dive right into it and talk about it. So when a client or somebody, we have a chat with somebody that says, I don't want to lift weights because it'll bulk me up. We can just go, listen to this. But I also wanted to add in, so if I'm going to give you three fate, three words to describe a body type. And I want everybody listening at home as well, do this as well. What comes, what body type comes into your mind when I say these words? So when I say bulk, bulking up or bulky, or automatically a image of somebody's body pops into your head. If I say getting lean or lean body, another body, somebody's body pops into your head and it's a completely different to the bulky one. And then let's say shredded. So you're getting shredded. All these, all those words are very commonly used on social media, YouTube, all that sort of stuff to do, to describe a way of working out or a body type. And we all have different ideas of what those body types are. But at the end, and here's the thing I'm trying to get back to, exercise plays such a little role in all those three, but exercise is put on the pedestal for reaching those goals. So when I said shredded, you've got an image in your head and you're like, okay, well I need to do this type of exercise. I need to do CrossFit or F45 or some sort of boot camp style workout to get that shredded body. And it doesn't work like that. <clears throat> I wish it worked like that, right? <laughs> It'd be so much easier. <laughs> um, and like, it worked, I was actually having this thought when I come up with this topic to bring up. It's so funny because it works two ways. So for guys it works one way and girls it works another way. So when you see an influencer lifting weights on social media and they have got a good physique. amount of money, muscle, money, mm. physique, <laughs> <clears throat> you think, oh, they got there because of this, they, generally they have some sort of workout plan or they do some sort of exercise yeah. routine to get to that body type. And guys will see that and go, well, I need to do that to get that body type. And girls are like, well, I'm not going to do that because I'll get that type of body type. Mm. And it's just so different how male and female minds work. Um, but like I said, exercise has very little to do with it. It's all about lifestyle and nutrition. Yeah, 100%. So just to put in perspective of a real world case of this happening to me last week, if someone's saying to me in the gym, I, it's my sister, I'm just going to out her. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so she won't know. <laughs> but I took her to the gym when she visited us and she doesn't usually go to the gym, but she does want to start. And we were lifting weights. She was lifting relatively light weights because she's not very experienced. 
and we would do certain arm movements or upper body movements and she's like I don't want to do that one because I don't want to look bulky I don't want bulky shoulders and she didn't she's like like you but not like you she's like I don't want to look like you I don't think that I'm bulky <laughs> but that's what she was afraid of she's like I can't do that one because I'll get bulky like thinking if I do this set these reps in this session I'm gonna have big shoulders mm. and she repeatedly said it and I repeatedly explained to her that you don't eat enough food <laughs> let alone enough protein for you to actually build muscle in the gym I was mm. like you'll end up looking like tight <laughs> and I tried not to use the word toned but even then it's gonna be hard to just get that right yeah um, <laughs> it's so funny how people for the first time like when you're not experienced with lifting weights or even exercising and you get that sort of muscle burn from doing certain exercises yeah. like just a bicep curl is a good example because it's the easiest one to get that muscle burn and people like because your bicep gets very stimulated there's a lot of blood there you get the so-called pump happening in your bicep and everybody freaks out and like oh, it's growing it's growing <laughs> it's it is not growing just because you're lifting weights in that moment you're not lift, it's not growing. So the growth actually comes from what you do outside of the workout. So yes, you want to, and here's the thing, most people aren't working out in a way that is going to stimulate muscle growth. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, yes, workouts and lifting weights stimulate muscle growth, but there's even more to it than that. Maybe if you're a newbie and you're just starting out and just starting to lift weight, it's a brand new stimulus on your body you'll get some good results just no matter what you do. But as you progress, you find it's harder and harder. Once you're over three years in, you'll find that it's very hard to put on muscle mass. It, even if you are dialing in everything else outside the workout. But um, the first one I did want to touch on is what you said, protein. Mm. Most people aren't eating enough protein to grow muscle. So protein is the building block for your body. So if you're not eating enough building blocks, then you can't build muscle. It's that it's no Bob the Builder 101, guys. Yeah, like <laughs> it it sounds so simple and stupid, but it is that so it is it, it is that simple. Yeah. So obviously there's a lot more to it, and you still need carbohydrates, fats to do all their work as well. But protein is the most important thing. And like, are you? Would you say you eat enough protein through mm. the day? No, not yeah. right now. It, me as well I, at the moment I'm struggling to get enough protein in and muscle growth is extremely hard and I have everything else dialed in we sleep properly we did a whole episode last week on sleep so you need to dial that in uh, we hydrate we make sure we get some sun uh, everything else manage stress that's a big one Matt try and manage stress it's a bit hard to do all the time but yeah, yeah. All these things come into play. So yes, you could do the best workout in the world, but what comes after the workout is the most important thing when you're trying to build muscle, lose body fat, get shredded, <laughs> get lean. Like All those words mean the same thing, but it's just you've got to understand what happens, like I said, outside the workout is important. So protein is the most important thing. Second, I would say calorie, calories. Yeah. So if you, if you haven't counted calories before, definitely give it a go. It's just for funsies, not for, don't have to be serious about it. It's not that scary. You've just got to have an idea of what you're putting into your body 
how many calories you're putting into your body because that is a fuel for your body. So if you're eating too much fuel, then you'll put on weight. If you're not eating enough, then you'll, or, or if you're eating below maintenance, you'll lose weight, okay? Obviously there's a lot more nuance in there, but that's the basic gist of it. Yep. So yes, you can go to the gym and lift as much weights as you want, but if you're not in a calorie surplus, then your body hasn't got enough energy building blocks to build muscle. So, um, yeah. I feel like you covered it. Yeah. You're looking, you're looking at me for, for reassurance. Uh, it, but it just, I'm, I'm looking at it for reassurance because I'm, even me saying it, it's so simple to yeah. understand, but I feel like I need to explain it more because everybody just... I feel like also that's why we've stopped, we haven't stopped talking about it, but that's why we haven't spoken about this topic or just calories in general because we spend so much time repeating ourselves with clients mm. i don't want to i feel like i don't want to give you guys like basic boring information but every new client we get doesn't know so there's a yeah. reason we have to keep regurgitating it because it's not always common knowledge great if it is common knowledge for you guys but if it's not then that's what we're here for yeah <laughs> right so i guess to wrap this all up is there anything else that you think is important when you're lifting weights whether so whether you want to lose weight or build muscle, you've done your workout, mm -hmm. what comes next? Anything you've missed? I would just, no. I think there's, a, there's like an internet saying abs are made in the kitchen, right? Mm. So I think that nutrition is the biggest part of building muscle. But also, what about the program? Yes. I, I didn't want to dive in that too okay. much because, like I said, there's just so many variables. for like, And so many goals. Yeah, so many goals. Like, bulking up shredded getting lean it's all the same thing so you we could have three people with each of those goals doing exactly the same program it comes down to their lifestyle and what they eat um, is what the goal is going to get so you can get lean doing the same program as somebody trying to bulk up um, it just comes down to what you eat and how much protein and all that sort of stuff you're having and yeah. again i'm not sure what lean means to you listening at home, um, but it could mean something different for everybody. So it's like, I can't really give a good program. Yeah, for one thing. Also, what about genetics? Like if someone listening is like, lean is the one that I want, but their body type is not in favor of becoming lean, then they're chasing a goal that they're never going to come close to, right? Yes, yes, good point. I should have thought of it about that. Yeah, and I always forget about that because Genetics, genetics are a big deal. And you can't change them. You cannot change <laughs> them. Stone. So if you're looking at some sort of athlete that is, I don't know, maybe a marathon runner or some sort of Ironman or something like that, where they do a lot of cardio, generally they're a lot smaller build. Yeah. Like lean, I slender. Guess slender is the word I'm going for. If you've got wide shoulders, big hips, big, like, you know, well-built legs then you're not going to be you even if you go and do Ironmans you're not going to be yeah. you're not going to look like an Ironman at the elite level so unfortunately all the time we see these elite people but they're just genetic freaks because they're at the top of their field yeah they might be enhanced in some way but that enhancement isn't what got them there it's their genetics yeah so don't... also I think that a lot of athletes obviously 
go for the sport or whatever it is that they are genetic like is genetically in their favor so a lot of the time like oh being a triathlete has made them look like that but realistically they probably already sort of looked like that maybe their parents were like long distance athletes so it's in their genetics to be good at that kind of sport so they're more likely to do it so it's not always the sport or the type of training that causes the body type, right? Mm. But generally the body type will chase whatever fits them the best because that's what they can perform the best in. Yeah. Why would you want, if you're like built solid, why would you want to try and compete in something that is in favor of slender people when you could compete in something that is in favor of well-built people and do much better? Yeah. So I think it like a lot of people forget that often people chase what suits their genetics as well and then they post it all over social media <laughs> yeah i actually heard a conversation the other day about a couple of fathers talking about their sons and daughters going into sports yeah and that exact topic so and that's the thing like, they're going to be doing it for since they're young yeah. so sometimes they might do sports that don't suit their genetics and don't realize but occasionally kids will start doing sports that suit their genetics. They start winning, they start getting praises. All they do is focus on that. Yeah. And that's their one thing that they do. And they're kids. So by the time they're 25, they're at the top of their game, they're smashing it, probably 20. Um, but obviously they're going to go, well, if you do this, you'll get this result because mm -hmm. that's what they've been doing their whole life as yeah. well. Uh, and that could be for bodybuilding as well. Bodybuilding technically is a sport. Uh, it, you, it's no different other sport. You go in there, you train for a certain goal. It's just you're training for looks rather than performance. Same thing, mm. just a different word. So even bodybuilders, you'll find Arnie, the, probably the most popular Arnold Schwarzenegger. Everybody knows his name. Everybody knows he's a bodybuilder. He started doing it when he was in his early teens. Mm. And he was just very genetically gifted that he started winning comps and started performing. So obviously he is a big proponent of the way he trained because he got those results from yeah. that. So it just, you just gotta be smart about it. And just when somebody's telling you to do it, if you train this way, you're gonna get these results. You listening, you've just gotta be smart enough to go, well, Am I? Yeah. And you've just got to step back a little bit and think about what it actually takes to get those goals. Because we've all been there. Mm -hmm. You see those on social media. <clears throat> I, I do it as well, and I know this stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe if I do train that way, I'll get those results. But then you sort of stop and think about it, and you're like, I probably won't actually. Yeah. I'll just probably end up injured trying to change my genetics through training, which doesn't happen. Or and extremely unmotivated because you're not looking like that person yeah and that's a whole nother topic of people getting into the fitness industry chasing a certain image and then you know not even getting close and then go well exercise doesn't work i'm yeah. not going to do that anymore so again to wrap that whole conversation up lifting weights doesn't bulk you up it's everything outside the workout that bulks you up or leans you down or gets you shredded so focus on what you do outside the workout yes the workout is very important but also focus on everything else to achieve those goals the workout makes up about 25 percent of <laughs> the whole picture of the whole picture i really wanted to talk about what to do 
when you fall off the health and fitness wagon. Mm. Because we always talk about how to start, how to get into it, what to do when you're in it. But I feel like we don't really talk about what to do when you fall off. And it's so common to fall off multiple times, a week, a month, a year, however long. Um, and I think in Australia, we are coming into winter. It feels like winter in Melbourne already, but it's not apparently. Um, and this is definitely the time when people start to feel less motivated because it's cold, it's dark, you're wearing lots of clothes anyway, so no one can see your body, who cares, right? And I just thought it would be a good time to maybe give everyone a little bit of motivation, how to like stay on the wagon for the duration of winter, right? Mm. Because at the end of winter, it's too late to start trying to get your summer body in quotation marks. Yeah. What, what do you consider falling off the wagon? Like, yeah, that's, I really want to talk about that as well. Mm. For me personally, I don't think I've fallen off the wagon in three years. Yeah. So I, I've taken like 10 day long breaks, like being sick, being busy, like just being sick of the gym, whatever it is. But I think if I'm thinking of people that I know, a month plus mm. off the wagon, like a month. So I don't know, in the beginning, I remember being all in or all out. And I feel like that's very common when you start, right? Like I would be, I'm eating extremely healthy, I'm training, I'm running, I'm doing all of the things, too many things probably. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, this is way too hard, I don't have the time, it's so cold, I get sick. And I would just stop for months and revert back to my old habits. Yeah. So I would consider that falling off the wagon personally, but obviously it's going to be different for everyone listening. Hmm. That's, I was going to say, that's probably the most common one I see yeah. as a trainer. Some, like somebody super consistent coming into the gym, hitting all their workouts, they miss one and it's, oh, that's, that's done. Yeah. I, I failed. It's like, well, you just missed one workout. You've been consistent for the last four weeks. What is, like, it doesn't matter if you miss one workout. If you've got time, just go for a quick 20-minute walk. Yeah. That's, that's good enough. But a lot of people are that all or nothing and they add all this stuff in and I'm eating healthy, I'm doing all this and there's cookies at work and I had a cookie, diet's over, Quit. <laughs> I'm done, I'm gonna be fat. And it's just like, it does not work like that. It's, it's consistency, so one cookie or one um, cheat meal or, you know, it's not gonna wreck you, your routine. No. And it's not, fall, that is not falling off the wagon. I no. feel like if you, if you just stop completely, for whatever reason and don't start again within a month then you're off yep. and you need to get back on the wagon's gone yeah so i think the most powerful thing to prevent you from falling off the wagon when you do something small like eating a cookie or missing a workout is to have preset yourself minimums we have spoken about this in the past mm. but i always get my clients to do it so setting an exercise minimum so if you have the worst day imaginable, like time-wise, schedule-wise, and you cannot get to the gym, what is the absolute bare minimum amount of exercise that you can do every day regardless of what life throws at you? And setting that is so motivating, powerful, I don't know, because like maybe you missed your workout, so you're like, okay, I'll go for an hour run. Maybe you missed your run, so you're like, man, maybe I'll do yoga at home. Maybe there's screaming kids at home and you can't do yoga at home. What is the absolute minimum you can do? And I suggest 10 minute walk, 20 minute walk if you can. But make it so, you want to make it so small, so achievable that you would feel stupid not doing it. Mm. 
Like it needs to be so, so easy. Because if you're having the worst day and you do that minimum thing, it's still a sense of achievement. You've still done something for yourself. You're still doing something to stay on track with your goals, right? And it's just, it's gonna help you keep that motivation to just get back into it tomorrow. And then you can do the same for food. So like what is the absolute minimum requirement you want from yourself for healthy eating? Like it could be you need to get three colors. Like so an apple, uh, I don't know, broccoli and what's another color? <laughs> Onion. <laughs> sure. Three colors in your day. Like that's the minimum if you have a bad day of food. So you can still get like if you have to get takeout. Um, for two meals or you miss a meal, it's super easy for you to just at least get those three colors and you're at least still trying to progress and build better habits and you can see that, hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, like real world scenario for me personally, it's as long as I get out and go for a little bit of a walk each day, that's my minimum. Yeah. We've spoken about that heaps on the podcast. Yeah. So generally it's about 30 minutes. Sometimes it's broken up into two different lots, but... 30 minute walk, that's the minimum. Anything else on top of that is an added bonus. Obviously, if I'm chasing a physique goal or something like that, I've got to get into the gym and do those workouts so I can get those goals, but that's on top of my minimum walk. But yeah, def but also I think that your minimums will progress as you progress. 100%. So a beginner might be a 10 minute walk, that's the minimum. If you're more experienced and you are chasing a serious goal, your minimum might be an hour in the gym. Mm. Your minimum might be eating three clean meals a day and I don't know, having a cookie. Yeah. Like it can progress, it's like a spectrum, as I say. Yeah, and then like obviously for food, for me anyway, it's making sure I have 20 plus grams of protein in breakfast and then that's my main goal for the day but generally everything else falls into place yeah for us because we've been doing it for so long yeah and we have those habits but again that that is still my just simple goal for making sure i have start the day properly is just making sure i hit more than 20 grams of protein in breakfast yeah and then everything else falls into place but i know if you know at the moment life's busy things are starting to get a bit of traction, things are happening, and I've missed meals or I've snuck something else in that I shouldn't have eaten, but I know that it's fine because I've had my 20 to 30 grams of protein in the morning. Yep. So um, that's just my one. It's just, I, I think that's probably the simple and the most effective one for most people, making sure you get 20 plus grams of protein in the morning. In the morning, yeah. Um, okay, the next thing I wanted to, I guess, discuss with you is that every single moment is literally another chance for you to start again. Mm. I really hate when as soon as people miss something, like you said at the start, everything's ruined. But if you can try and change your perspective that every single moment literally is another chance for you to begin again. Like, who did I get that from? Sam, Sam Harris. Harris. Begin again, right? So maybe you ate a cookie in the office or six cupcakes or whatever it is. Once you've eaten it, it's done. You can't change it. Mm. So there's no point dwelling on it. There's no point stressing over it. There's no point making yourself feel guilty. Just make the next meal better. Mm. Just make the next snack better. Like there, there's so many moments. Every single second, every minute, every hour of the day, you can choose to change, pivot the direction you're going in, right? Yeah. 
I think it's really, really important that you try your best not to forget about it. If you have to, write begin again on your hand. I've done this in the past and it works a treat because I don't really use it for food and stuff, but more for productivity and concentration. So if I'm trying to get, I don't know, an essay done and then I go on my phone and I scroll on social media and then I'm like, well, I'm distracted. I might as well try again tomorrow. Around that stressful time of like exams and assignments being due, I write begin again on my hand and it's like, okay, I scrolled social media for the last 25 minutes. Let's just start again. Like no one's stopping me from doing that. So mm. I think just, just try that. It's very, very useful. Mm. I think a lot of people get anxiety and stressed and then that just overwhelmness of decisions because yeah. they dwell too much in the past. They think it, it, everybody thinks it's a future, oh, I've got all this stuff due, but then it's like they're really thinking about all the things they should have been doing so they didn't get to this position. And you're in that position, so just take a breath, start again, and do the best you can. So a lot of the times with my clients, we've, we've said this in the past to clients we've worked, both worked with, um, yeah, you stuffed up, you had a bit of takeaway, just begin again, it's no big deal. Like it's happened, you can't change it. But also, what did you learn? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, like a lot of the time you need to learn from your mistakes. So if for some reason, three o'clock every day, you're just going for those chocolates and it's like, oh, all right, I did it, begin again, but then it happens the next day. Yeah. There's obviously something happening that you've got to learn from to improve those habits. So if you do all of a sudden go to a takeaway and order three burgers and just smash them, think about why. Well, did you get your 20, 30 grams of protein in the morning? No. Well, that's probably why you're so hungry. Yeah. Or have you been drink have, are you hydrated? A lot of people dehydrate themselves and mistake eat, uh, hunger for dehydration. Mm. So did you drink enough water? No. That's probably why I'm eating so much. So, and a lot of time when you're dehydrated or hungry, your body is going to want to go for those high calorie foods. They that's what our body is designed to do yeah. in those times of being hungry. So in those times, you've just got to make sure that you do learn from your mistakes. Yeah. So yeah, it's all like, yes, you've, you've done it. You've eaten a couple of burgers. Take a breath, move on. You haven't fallen off the wagon. It's not the end of the world. You can just continue to eat better from there. But also think about why mm -hmm. you stopped working, walked down to the takeaway, got three burgers, and then just smash them. So just taking a second to think about it as well. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just think about the process of why you end up doing that. Yeah. Another thing that we don't really talk about, but I think is really important is like checking your internal narrative. So what I mean by that is when you start healthy habits, if you've tried in the past, it's likely that you're telling yourself you're probably going to fail. You're probably going to stop at some point. So I just think that it's really important to try and remember that every time you start a new diet or a new program, it's not going to be the same as the last time, mm. right? You've already changed since the last time you've done it. You've already, maybe you've implemented like a few habits you haven't even noticed. Maybe you take the stairs now. Maybe you drink two liters of water now. So you are a different person to the last time that you tried a program or a diet. And I think that we always forget that. Like I tried and I failed. 
So I'm probably gonna fail again because I just fail at health and fitness. Just check it. Is that what you're saying to yourself? Is that what happens every time that you try something? Because I feel like whatever you repeatedly tell yourself is going to happen, mm. right? Uh, I hate this idea of pass and fail. Yeah. Like, it's so stupid. So like, And I'll go on a little tangent, but <laughs> skip forward two minutes if you need to. <laughs> Leanne. <laughs> Sorry, Leanne. I'll come back to it in a second. But it's pass and fail is just bred into us from kids. You go to school, what happens? You do tests, you pass, you fail. If you pass, then you're good at that subject. If you fail, you're not good at that subject. And then, obviously, those habits are beaten into you for what you... <laughs> for the first 18 years of your life. Yeah. So then when you go into life, it's not like that at all. So there's no pass or fail. Like you can't say, oh, I failed at a diet. Like it, it, there's no, no one's giving you an exam. exam. No. There's no test. <laughs> just wasn't right for you. Yeah, just move on and just continue. Like it's same with workouts. Like if you did a workout and you hated it, it's not a fail. It's just find a different type, style of training that yeah. you enjoy that's going to keep you coming back to the gym that you're going to keep doing. Rant over. Tune back in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, directly on that topic, I think that everyone needs to remember that you are doing, we are doing health and fitness for life, mm. not for 12 weeks, mm. not for three months. We're doing it forever, mm. right? So there should be no point where you pass or fail because there should be no point where you stop unless you fall off the wagon <laughs> and then you're here so you need to get back on the wagon um but yeah i think it's very powerful to remember that it's forever because you might give yourself a bit more grace i guess when you do do something that's out of the plan because the plan isn't going to end in 12 weeks the plan is going for your entire life so just put it in perspective like eating one bad meal across your entire life what does that matter yeah. <laughs> right so it's much easier when you think about it like that to just begin again the next meal because you're like, yeah, it happened. It's just one meal. I've got however many thousands left to go, right? Yeah. So just on that real quick, probably back in January, we did that topic of why um, health and fitness challenges are so bad for you. Mm. So go back and listen to that. It'll be back in January this year sometime when we released it. But yeah, putting an end date, like it's like, I've got this goal, I wanna lose 10 kilos, I've got six weeks to do it, and if I don't do it in that six weeks, I failed. Yeah. It's like, well, again, no, you didn't fail. It's just gonna take you a little bit longer, or what that challenge just wasn't right for you. Yeah, like, and also once you get your goal, you work so hard for six weeks to lose weight, look good in your bikini or whatever it is, what, then you stop? Yeah, then, so. <laughs> what, that makes no sense it's, to me. Fitness challenges, you, you pretty much lose either way. You either don't reach your goal and you've failed or you reach your goal and you stop yeah. and you failed. And you go right? back to where you were before. And then you've got to do it again and again. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> I, rant on, I rant a fair bit on that one. That's good. Okay, should we do the three things? Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right, so three things to improve Ooh. your life. Okay, sure. Bring, have you got a... No, I don't have a title. I did in the email, but I've forgotten it. Okay, so... One thing to listen to, one thing to watch, and one thing you should try. Yeah. Okay, so let's go with watch first. Okay. Last night we finished the TV series on Netflix called Beef. Mm. It's whack, but it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
it was very well produced, very well shot. Like each, you could, it's a bit slow to start with and you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. But the last few episodes make the first couple of episodes seem better. Like, I don't yeah. know how that, they did that, but the first couple of episodes, you're just like, meh, like, you know, whatever. But then it just gets better and better. And then the first couple of shit episodes make more sense. Yeah. It's just, and it's just a good way to sort of, I don't know. The last episode is just like, what? Yeah. You, you um, don't really expect it. <laughs> if you have watched everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. You probably like it. Mm. So it's like Korean directed, Korean produced, Korean actors. I just really love watching creative, creative shows and movies. You know mm. what I mean? That aren't mainstream, aren't just fully white cast doing superhero shit. Yeah. So it's just interesting like that. And it's just 10 episodes and that's it. It's They just do it all in 10 episodes. It's not like there's a, there's a next season coming yeah. out. So I do enjoy that as well. Yeah. Because I hate when they could have just wrapped it up and they're like, oh, let's drag it out for another yeah, season. Right. So it's just 10 episodes. It just really gets you thinking. It does. It's really, entertaining. It is entertaining. And it really does, like, especially the last three episodes, really get you thinking just about life. Yeah, and, and the choices you make. Yeah. And how the choices you make impact you, but not just you, but everything. Like, like a ripple effect. Yeah. So Great show. Mm. Okay, the thing to listen to um, is an audio book by Grace Beverly. And it's called Hard, Working Hard or Hardly Working. It's a pretty short book. I think it's only three hours. I'm about halfway through and I've been listening to it in the gym. Anyone that has a business, is an entrepreneur, is working, trying to work their way up the corporate ladder, is a millennial, <laughs> Gen Z, it's for you. It's probably the first productivity, self-help, but not really self-help book that I've read that is post-COVID and talks about COVID. Because yeah. COVID shifted the world. It shifted mm. the freaking world and we just forgot about it. Like it's done. <laughs> like what was even the, what happened in those three years? I don't know, but the it changed hole. a lot of things <laughs> and we just moved past it, right? Mm. Whereas Grace speaks about how it has dramatically changed like the work scene, right? And I feel like, I definitely feel like there's this big pressure. I don't know if we've put the pressure on ourselves or society has or social media has or all of the above. But I feel like there's this big pressure to have a job and a job that you love. And if you love your job, you should want to and you should be working 24 hours a day, all of the waking hours, right? It's like our job is now our purpose to be alive, which I like, mm. but it's not necessarily for everybody. And I feel like there's this big pressure if you have a nine to five job, then you should have a side hustle because if you have four hours spare in the day, you could be making money, right? I feel like that's the societal pressure at the minute. So anyway, Grace just talks about that and how that's not really true and how COVID sort of caused that because we're working from home so you can work all of the time if you're mm. at home. Um, and then she just goes into a lot about productivity and time management and focus and stuff like that because she did complete a music degree while starting a health and fitness app, like a workout app that is like a multi-million dollar company now and a sustainable clothing brand brand while at uni mm. like that blows my mind i just love finding people that are like kind of that have done what i want to do no i don't want to build those businesses but i'm trying to build a business while studying mm. it's very inspiring great book short to the point she now rates it which is even better yeah 
Okay, to try. To try. Um, normally we've been talking about foods to try. Oh, okay. But I never really set that in stone. I just We just started talking about foods that you should try. Because we love foods. Yeah, true. But this week, I'm going to give you an exercise to try. Oh, well, that's a good idea. Yeah, so I want everybody listening and watching to go out and do a sissy squat. Now, if you're on YouTube, I'll put it over so you can see me doing a demo. But basically, you're just sending your knee into as much contraction as possible. So think about standing up and lifting your heel to your bum. That's your knee contracting as much as possible. Does that make sense? Give you a good picture? Well, I know what it is, so it's hard, it's yeah. hard to know. So we all know the stretch. So when you hold onto the wall and grab one ankle and pull it into your bum mm -hmm. and you're, you're bending that knee essentially as, as far as you can. So a sissy squat just does that, but under load and tension. Because I bring this up because this week I've seen a lot of people with knee pain and a lot of people not squatting below their hips. Yeah. So when you're squatting, with, especially for barbell back squat, your aim should be to squat through as much range as possible while staying in control, okay? So that's gonna be different for everybody. It's gonna look different for everybody, but you should be doing as much range as possible. And when you only squat halfway down, so when your knees are level with your hips, your knees aren't really bending as much as they possibly can. Yeah. And even if you have great mobility, great control under the barbell doing a back squat, even if you get down deep as possible, your knees probably aren't still um, bending as much as they possibly can, and there's not much tension in the bottom of the squat anyway. So a sissy squat just holds tension through your knees as you bend them as much as you possibly can, and you might be thinking, that sounds crazy, and you might be watching it on YouTube going, how the hell am I supposed to do that? There's obviously, if you go, I'll link the demo video in the show notes, so you can actually go through it. I'll talk how to progress it and all that sort of stuff. Um, it just promotes good knee health. Mm -hmm. It's just, it blows my mind that people still don't bend their knee through ranges, maximal ranges, under load, and wonder why they have knee pain. Yeah. It's because you, if you're only squatting halfway down, and that's all you've ever done, especially with lunges and that sort of stuff. I see with lunges, split squats, only go on half, half the range that you can. As soon as you go into that range a little bit further, of course your knee's gonna hurt because it's not used to it. Yeah. It's, it's, pain is just your body saying, I'm not used to this range. This is new. This is new. What are you doing? It's not a bad thing. It's just you've got to stay in control and slowly build it up. Yeah. But just, I guess, the takeaway from that whole rant is, just send your knee and it goes for every joint in your body through as much range as possible because it's going to promote good health through at your joints, good strength. It's going to help with arthritis, all those joint degenerative diseases later in life. So do sissy squats, send your knees through as much range as possible. Yes, <laughs> I did sissy squats yesterday mm. because I all I'm just like squats. I hate them, mm. and I'm always injured from them. Whenever I get a good run with squats, I end up injuring myself because I don't even know my glutes, my hip flexors. They're just they're not friends, right? So I did sissy squats yesterday because I get almost like this itching, aching sensation in my brain, probably that I need to put my knees into full flexion, mm. right? Because it feels like we do a lot of walking, stairs, like getting up, getting down. But if I don't 
put my knees in full flexion. Like if I'm not squatting, I can feel that I haven't put my knees through that range. So I'm like, I need it almost. Yeah. Which is kind of cool to know that once you do it, how good you feel afterwards, right? Yeah. And how healthy your knees feel. Yeah. Once you start doing it. Also, what's the connection with your hip flexors? Because it did make, because obviously when you go down, you're stretching your quad mm. hip flexor. Mm. It's basically stretching it all out. So the so a squat is going to target your quads, but because a sissy squat puts you into as much contraction in the knee and then flexion in the hip at the same time, mm -hmm. you're almost stretching it out as you acti activate. Yep. So it's gonna activate basically from your knee all the way up into your core to keep it simple. So it's just gonna activate all those muscles while stretching, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's really good for that health as well. Um, there was gonna be another point there, but I've forgotten what I was gonna say. Oh, so for people like Mac who can't squat or can't, not can't squat, but struggle to squat to depth, Again, everybody squats differently. Sometimes the makeup of your hip won't allow you to squat to depth. So still do squats, but add in something else that's going to send your knee into as much mm. contraction as possible. That's, yeah. So still do the squats, do all that sort of stuff, but if you can't get the range out of those exercises, add in something like a sissy squat, it's just gonna give you that little bit of extra range and it does help you build nice, good looking quads as well. Cool. Done. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Obviously, if you've lasted this long, you've got something out of it and you've enjoyed the show, so please share it to a friend or family member. Just copy the show link, whether you're on YouTube or wherever you listen to the podcast. Copy it. It takes five seconds to copy that show link. Send it to one friend, family member, anybody. Uh, it helps us out. It helps them out. So they're going to get great health and fitness goals and they're going to thank you for it. Win-win. Awesome. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.